Hey, this show is made possible by Workplace Assured. What is Workplace Assured? Great question. It's like having a really smart friend you can ring when you've got a curly business question, which means, as a business owner, you can worry less about issues like wrong pay rates, leave entitlements and unfair dismissal, and you can focus on the big stuff, like... What's your next Facebook post going to say? Try Workplace Assured out now for free by calling 1300 496 955. And we're also made possible thanks to Key Person of Influence, which is a 40-week accelerator program designed to make you more visible, more valuable and more connected in your industry. Who doesn't want a bit of that? Grab a free hard copy of their New York Times bestseller over at keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. Now, today's guest, well, he went on a self-proclaimed nerd pilgrimage, quote unquote, to Silicon Valley in the hope of finding the next big thing. Well, guess what? He found it. He discovered the share economy, and he's now on a mission to create the Airbnb of self-storage. Oh, I love people who dream big. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, Australia's number one marketing podcast. I'm your host, Timbo Reid, but you, infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. That is what we have been doing for 347 shows. If you've listened to them all, thank you. If it's your first time round, I welcome you with open arms. <laughs> your, ne- your business will never be the same. Hey, uh, big show today. Mike Rosenbaum's going to join us, who in a past life founded Deals Direct. He's now the founder of a cool new business called Spacer, which is a cheap way to rent space in your local area. Uh, and Mike talks about uh, this nerd pilgrimage he went on to Silicon Valley. Plus, he'll help us understand the share economy and explain how he's brought this wonderful business called Spacer to market. A couple of good marketing uh, ideas in there as well. I share another low-cost marketing idea in What Have You Got to Lose? And today's idea is all about how to get maximum exposure for your top blog and social posts, which we all want to do. And we head back into the Small Business Big Marketing Vault and we revisit a past episode of three years ago when I caught up with the girls from Frank Body Scrub, which is a beautifully simple business that went from naught to plenty very, very quickly and they continue to do some amazing things. Hey, as per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Coming up, we meet Spaces' Mike Rosenbaum, who's going to explain how we can all benefit from the share economy. Plus, I'm going to give you some insights into Workplace Assured and Key Person of Influence so uh, they can help you take your business to the next level. But first, I think it's time for me to share one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement now. 
immediately. An idea that's not going to cost a fortune, that might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry and more sales. I do love that intro. Today's idea is to create a top posts review. Let me explain. You see, the problem with blogging regularly for your business, and I hope you're doing that, is that sometimes your best blog posts and most shared content gets buried over time as you continue to publish more and more content, right? Just that naturally happens. So as a marketer, it's your job to implement a promotion strategy that keeps these posts alive, right? You don't want the, there's some great posts buried in the bowels of your website. We want to bring them back to life, (laughs) bowels of your website. One great way to extend the life of your blog post is by creating what I call a top posts review, which is simply a compilation of your best and most shared blog posts from a particular time period. Could also include your most commented on social posts from the same period. Now, lots of businesses publish this type of post, not because they're interested in blowing their own horn, although I would argue some are. That's okay. If they don't, who is? But because it's a great way to get their best and most well-received content in front of new readers and potential customers. So here's my three steps, my three simple steps to creating your own top posts review. Step one, compile a list of posts that receive the highest traffic or engagement during a particular period of time. Or you could compile a list of top posts that also relate to the same topic. Step two, Decide how you want to share your list. So, for example, you could write a blog post, you could send out an email, you could make an infographic and start to create your review. Write an interesting introduction that pulls readers in and keeps them reading and add one or two sentence summary for each post that you include. Step three, publish your top post review, making it easy for people to share by adding social buttons or links. And here's the pro tip. Include your review in the welcome emails you send out to new customers. You could boost it on Facebook or you could and or you could include it in your email signature. As always, there'll be links in the show notes to any resources I mentioned over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 347. And if you'd like help implementing any of these ideas I share in this segment, go ahead and join the Small Business Big Marketing Club over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, where I will personally support you on your marketing journey. So, what have you got to lose? Hey, before we discover the big wide world of the share economy with Mike Rosenbaum, I'd love to tell you about a service that will help any employer sleep more soundly, knowing that all their people problems are under control. Support for this show comes from Workplace Assured. As business owners, we know a lot about whatever it is we sell. But what about when it comes to running the HR part of your business? All those niggly, unanswered questions you just aren't trained to answer. Questions like, what if one of my employees starts bullying others? What if an employee gets blind drunk and abusive at a social gathering? Or how do I cancel an underperforming supplier's contract? (laughs) Oh, the pain. Well, listen, it doesn't have to be that way. What if you could focus on building that beautiful business of yours, knowing that the answers to all these questions and more 
We're just a phone call away. Well, that is absolutely possible thanks to Workplace Assured. No crippling claims or eye-watering legal fees, just solid answers to your most pressing questions. You can try it out now for free by calling Workplace Assured's advice line on 1300 496 955. Righto, Mike Rosenbaum, he would be today's guest and he is a serial entrepreneur who previously co-founded and made a lot of dough from Deals Direct. He is now the co-founder of spacer.com.au, which is the Airbnb of space, basically, specifically helping people utilise their underutilised assets like self-storage and driveways. He's also a major investor in some of the top sharing economy platforms around the world. So listen in, because Mike is going to talk about his nerd pilgrimage to Silicon Valley that he did recently, where he uncovered this thing called the share economy and of which Spacer was born. He also explains the share economy and why it's so important to business owners like you and I going forward and how he's launched and marketed Spacer so effectively. Hey, remember to stick around after the interview where I share my top three attention grabbers. So here's Mike talking about his time in the Valley. You know, after sort of founding and going through the whole, um, you know, 10-year journey with my last business, Deals Direct, uh, mm. which is one of the pioneering online department stores, yes. I, uh, I took a bit of a sabbatical, went to Silicon Valley and, uh, you know, I call it sort of... Um, uh, Disneyland for, for nerds and I, I consider myself very much a nerd and, uh, and I sort of fell in love with the sharing economy. You're so right. that's, that's sort of how it started. Yeah. So, so you sold Deals Direct. Um, you started that in 2004. Way, way, was the internet alive then? Must have been just. <laughs> you sold that two years ago and clearly uh, you could have taken, well, you did take a sabbatical but it was a working sabbatical. What did you go to Silicon Valley to hopefully uncover. Yeah, look, as I said, uh, partly a bit of the Disneyland thing, you know, like looking at, you know, but, but no, on a serious <laughs> note, really was looking for, you know, what's the latest and greatest in, in tech um, and, you know, get some new inspiration, some new um, learnings. You know, the space is moving so quickly. Um, you know, a quarter is a long time in in, wow. in, in, in tech space. So, um, yeah, it was great. I went to... Um, Events like uh, TechCrunch Disrupt. I, I met with a whole bunch of VCs in the valley, um, lots of entrepreneurs. Just spoke to lots of people, lots of coffees, lots of dinners with with, what, with other entrepreneurs. It was. What, it was what does great. that look like? I guess having had deals direct for so long and having had such great success, your network would have been strong, right? Yeah, look, I was very fortunate, you know, over that decade or so, I, I you know, um, did business with a lot of amazing people and I got to meet lots of wonderful people. So, um, certainly I was off to a good start. Um, but in the Valley, you know, it was all, it was all brand new for me. So, mm-hmm. I had to sort of, you know, just, uh, you know, do, do, the, do the old thing, go and meet with people and uh, ask them for intros. And Was it humbling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, I found that... Um, you know, people in in the in Silicon Valley are very open and um, and uh, they're willing to introduce you to their network. Um, so it's, it's it's a great community, and I think that ecosystem is also um, here now, alive in Sydney and Melbourne. You know, there's a very strong startup community now. Mm, um, sure I'm a part is. of yeah. In the Valley, was it? Um 
Because I imagine that it'd be very easy to be distracted by bright, shiny objects almost on a daily basis where someone's going, that's the next big thing. Check this out. We just need a hundred thousand bucks here and you'll make 10 million bucks. And is it like that? Um, yeah, look, there certainly is a bit of that, particularly at the conferences where you're seeing yeah. companies pitch. Yeah. Um, but you quite quickly realise, you know, uh, you, you know where you fit in. And uh, for me, it was very much, you know, um, my experience was in e-commerce, and I was looking for something that was perhaps uh, th- that I could take those skills and experiences and apply them to a new area. Um, and you know, the sharing economy just made perfect sense to me. It was something that I really believed in. And you know, it's a marketplace play, which is very similar to where I come from. E-commerce is 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 a marketplace as well. Mm. Um, yeah. In regard, so the sharing economy was the big idea that you came home with. But before we, I get you to explain what that's all about. Were, were there some other ideas that nearly kind of made the made the grade? Um, look, there, there was a lot of stuff that was way over my head. You know, around cyber security, you had guys from Tel Aviv and from Russia, and I could see they they were all PhDs, and I just couldn't relate. You know, I was I was in awe, <laughs> yeah. but I just thought, you know, this is not me. You know, I can't I can't do that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was lots of robotics. There was, you know, 3D printing, all this cool stuff, which, you know, they're the shinies, I guess. Mm. So um, what was your which, criteria? Um, look, I was really looking for something that I could bring back to Australia. You know, Australia is a market that, that I've been working in, for, you know, my whole working career. And I kind of, as you said, I got some good contacts. Um, I sort of understand the space, how to build a business in Australia. Um, so looking for that next um Next, yeah, venture that I could, I could, I could uh, launch in mm-hmm. the Australian market. Um, perhaps something that hadn't hadn't um, been exposed to, to Australians yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, it wasn't going to be three D printing yeah, or right. uh, or robotics. <laughs> so, 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 tell me, um, what can you remember the moment in the valley when you've gone? It's the sharing economy. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I was fortunate enough. I I actually had a tour of. Um, uh, of Airbnb's headquarters, and I also had a tour of Lyft, which is a competitor to Uber over there. And um, I just got this great vibe. I just thought this is, to me, this feels a lot like e-commerce felt like in the early 2000s. Uh. Uh, before before Deals Direct, we actually started on eBay, and eBay launched 2000, 2001, which sort of predated online shopping. You know, it was all yeah. $1, no reserve auctions. And it just, I just got that same feeling. It felt like this is an industry in its infancy um, that I could get in on the ground floor, and um, you know, and 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 build build a business. So yeah, nice, nice to get a tour of Uber and Lyft. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um, Lyft and and Airbnb was oh, pretty Airbnb. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Very very snazzy offices. Uh, them each each of their meeting rooms um, is sort of kitted out like their most um, popular apartments in each of their their main cities. So Brilliant. It's very. Very cool office, yeah. That is really, really cool. Like mirror yeah. images of the of the popular apartments. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. that's so yeah. clever. Yeah, that's so clever. Yeah. So, okay, so you've gone. It's the sharing economy. Um, and explain it. So, what is the sharing economy, and what's so interesting about it? Yeah, what I love so much about it is really it, it's creating value. So. You know, you've got these underutilized assets. So, in the case of Airbnb, you've got you know spare bedrooms or spare apartments, um, or people go on holidays and you know other people can come and live in them and, and they can make some extra money mm-hmm. uh, whilst they're not using them. So, it's really tapping into those underutilized assets 
that sit all around us. So you're not creating new things for people to use, which is, I guess, what we were doing in e-commerce. We were building, you know, we were creating and manufacturing new products to sell. Mm -hmm. In this case, you're sort of recycling or, or better utilizing assets that already sit around us, whether they're cars or homes or um, and the other thing is 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 people's skill set you know there's really successful models like airtasker where you know people want to earn an extra income you know after their day job they might want to do a couple of hours of handyman work or uh, you know uh, pick up someone's kids from school or, or whatever it might be um it just makes sense you know and um so that, uh, yeah, I find it very exciting. Yeah, I, I do too. Every time I use these services, like Airtask is a classic example. In fact, I was only in the Philippines two weeks ago and I was doing a tour of a business, a, a BPO, and I looked to my right and there was the Airtasker head office or like the Airtasker, not head office, but where it all was run out of, you know. Um, so excited because they're exciting brands to use. When you do use a share economy brand like an Airbnb or an Uber or an air task, there is, I don't know, is it just me or is it, there is an element of excitement about it? Yeah, I think there is. And, um, you know, I think it's part of, part of the appeal is that you're dealing with other people um, in your community. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, as, as human beings, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I think we want to, you know, we want to interact with other people that are like us, like-minded and, and, and locals and, um, you know, perhaps we might even make some new friends, you know. Um, so it's... It, yeah, it's, it's, totally it's agree, and yeah. and I think there's probably also an element of uh, there's excitement, there's the fact that you're going to meet new people, and you are going to get a, you feel like you're going to get a bargain. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, there's definitely value being created in terms of you know utilizing these assets that are sort of sitting dormant, but also on the consumer side, you can save significant amounts. Um, you know, up to fifty percent in, in in many cases, depending which service you're. You're, you're tapping into. It's interesting, like, it, it, that is the case with Uber generally, but, you know, when Uber do a surge, all of a sudden Uber can outprice themselves against taxis pretty quickly. Yeah, that can be quite frustrating, kind yeah, of, particularly yeah, yeah. on a Saturday night or, you know, leading up to Christmas. But um, I guess it's I guess yeah. it's supply and demand. Exactly right. So I guess it's a, it's a perfect marketplace, or that's what they're trying to create, yeah. So we've got a whole bunch of businesses, small business owners listening, Mike. Um, how can they tap into into the share economy? How can they save money and how can they make money from it? Yeah, look, I think there's lots of ways that they could save or make money. I guess um, on the one side, you know, if they have um, assets that are sitting there dormant, so let's say they've, you know, taken a lease or perhaps they own um, an, an office or, or, or a warehouse or, or maybe a shop that's too big for them at the moment, maybe they've taken something, you know, in anticipation of growth in the future. Mm -hmm. um, they might have some spare, you know, storage rooms or they might have some spare office space. They could rent those out. Um, you know, using the sharing economy, whether it's businesses like mine, spacer.com.au or others, mm -hmm. um, and basically monetize those spaces, reduce their outgoings on a monthly basis. Um, and the beauty of the sharing economy is often um, as, as the supplier on these platforms, you can set most of the rules. So you can say, mm -hmm. look, it's month to month and you've got that flexibility that if you need that space back, you can take it back as your business grows. Um, so that's one way. Um, we're also seeing things like... Um, uh, businesses that have fleets of vehicles, um, you know, maybe even small fleets of vehicles, um, maybe they're not being used on the weekend. They can rent them out on platforms for locals in their area to to um, to drive those. What's vehicles. an example of a platform? Is that is that in Australia? 
Yeah, absolutely. Car Next Door is one huh. I actually sit on the board of. Um, there are others. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, and again, you know, why have, you know, I think the stat is 90% of the time vehicles sit in the driveway, you know. So yeah, right. Dormant. So, you know. Why, well, and why 90% not? of the time for all the other vehicles that aren't in driveways, there's driveways empty. So I think, in fact, yeah, Spacer, exactly. you do driveways, don't you? Yeah, we do driveways, huh. garages. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does it get messy, this share economy thing, where all of a sudden – because at the end of the day, you, you are a, you're a software business, correct? Am I, am I reading that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With, you know, yeah, that's right. We're a marketplace uh, a driven marketplace. by software. Yeah, correct. But all of a sudden, you are dealing with people's homes and driveways and cars and offices and – that can get a bit messy, Carter. How do you how do you manage that? Is it just like some crazy one hundred page contract that you sign your life away and it says at the end, "Don't call us"? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's very similar to using um, eBay or Airbnb. You know, key to any business is keeping it simple and and um, having a streamlined process for for both sides of the marketplace. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you typically you sign up, you have to provide certain details, we profile you, verify you, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, both sides of the market, the supplier and the, the renter, um, will we'll, we'll make contact through the messaging tools, um, get to know each other a little bit, perhaps they'll even meet. Um, that's very important. Often um, people want to sort of see who they're dealing with because it is person to person or peer to peer is the sort of the, the more technical term. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but the transaction goes through the marketplace like a spacer, um, and uh, the benefits there are you get insurance. Um, you know the host gets guaranteed monthly payments, um, and it's you know it's all kept above board. All the taxes are paid and things like that through the platform. Right. And um, and and of course there's things like ratings and reviews. Um, again, very very similar to an eBay or an Airbnb. Um, Experience, are, are um, ratings and reviews at the heart of it? Like, are they just like mission critical? Very important, absolutely. You know, um, you know, particularly in the early days of a marketplace, um, it's very hard to know who you're dealing with. So, uh, ratings and reviews are very mm. important. Um, testimonials, um, you know, so people are going to Google, you know, whatever brand they're looking for and reviews. That's probably the second most searched term after the. The brand term itself, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. you go space the reviews, you'll see there's 28 Google reviews, and most of them are good, maybe one or two are not, and, and you make your decision yourself. Yeah. So you come back, you launch Spacer, which is this beautifully put on the website. It's a marketplace for space. That makes sense. And we're talking self storage and driveways and offices and all that stuff. Um, you get the website live, you got that working, but there's that chicken or the egg thing, isn't it? It's like you've got to get people with those facilities that want to rent them out and then you want to find people who want to use those facilities. Which did you focus on? Yeah, look, absolutely right, Tim. You know, we sort of say it's like moving the boulder. It's very hard to get it rolling, but once you get it rolling, you get the uh, momentum. And um, definitely from my experience in, in, in e-commerce, um, it's all about supply. You know, we used to say in, 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 at Deals Direct, you know, you can't sell off an empty shelf. <laughs> so, you know, we wanted to fill those shelves quickly, um, obviously with the right kind of stock or supply. Um, so, you know, we've spent the first 12 months very much focusing on getting good hosts, um, good listings um, of garages, driveways. So, how did you do that? Yeah. 
really by stealth. Um, you know, we've tried a bit of everything. Um, certainly, we've, we've done some PR, like, you know, talking to people like yourself and, mm-hmm. and getting the word out there, which is very important. Um, because it is a new concept, it needs to be explained. Um, and But, uh, you know, a combination of online and offline marketing. So, you know, some, some of your listeners may have received um, uh, flyers in their letterbox from us. Uh, you know, they might have seen us on Facebook, Google, uh, right across the web. Um, you know, we, we sort of try all different mediums, um, but we believe because it is a new concept, um, you do need to have a combination of online and offline um, just to get that awareness piece. Mate, I love it. Here we are having this high-tech conversation about Silicon Valley and <laughs> in the next breath you mentioned a letterbox drop. Tell me about yeah, that. It sounds very lo-fi, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it but, does, uh, but I love it. Yeah, and, and I guess that's one of the learnings also from, from e-commerce. And we used to do catalog drops, would you believe, you know? No. We were in the letterbox with Big W as well. But I guess you've, you've got to be where, the, where your consumers are. And then they don't just live in the online world. Of course, mm-hmm. most consumers today spend a lot of time on their mobile phones. Yep. Um, but they also, you know, they read magazines, they, they watch television, uh, they, they, they read the paper, that kind of stuff. So, do, do they? <laughs> well, I, I, look, I, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we live in a very virtual world these days. I mean, the newspaper is wafer thin. Television, you know, all those those three mediums you mentioned, I would argue, are struggling. I think they've still got the numbers, you know, um, but you, you you see good results from them. Yeah, look, you know, we, we're certainly not at the stage yet of doing TV advertising, mm. but um, but yeah, look, uh, you know, uh, perhaps I gave some bad examples there, but I guess <laughs> what I meant was was certainly you need to be both in the virtual world, yeah. in the online world, and and the physical world. So we'll do things like, um, you know, we'll do a, a stall at um, you know, the Leichhardt Norton Street Fair where there's a hundred thousand people walking up and down Norton Street on a Sunday. Um, so you're building awareness of your brand in that sort of hyper local. So, so tell me, how do you how do you maximise that? That's interesting. Uh, I had a I had a gym owner out of Brooklyn on this show a few years ago, and that was her number one marketing channel, which was to go to fairs and street fates and all that type of stuff. And her number one goal was that she would carry her iPad and get people's email addresses at these at these events. What, how did you approach um, the Leichhardt Fair? Yeah, look, very similar to that. I mean, uh, you know, some of the great, uh, you know, sort of advisors and mentors in the in Silicon Valley say to startups, you know, initially you've got to do things that don't scale. So what you do to start hmm. your business isn't necessarily what you're going to be doing in five and ten years, hopefully when your business is, you know, a much larger entity. But to get started, you do need to sort of, you know, hit the pavement, you know, a bit like the politicians, they go door knocking, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Sounds ridiculous, but yes, we do. We, we get the iPad out, we talk to people, we learn from them, uh, we, we modify our product based on what they tell us. Um, so, you know, we go to these fairs, uh, we talk to lots of customers, potential customers, we educate them about our marketplace, uh, we get ideas from them, um, and, you know, we, we may not sign up a fortune of them, but it's building the brand. And we've actually been to Norton Street Fair two years in a row now. So mm-hmm. just just when we launched and, and sort of 12 months later and um, people are going, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of Spacer now. So it's starting to build your brand mm. um, and, and it doesn't cost that much, you know. Um, so it's I, I love that advice about doing doing, yeah. the, doing things yeah. that don't scale. It just, it just makes you – know, in those early days, it just makes sense because whilst scale is important and, and a, a recent guest on this show is Michael Gerber and, uh, you know, he's all about scale. But one of the things is that – other magic. I'm sure other magical things have probably happened as a result of you doing things 
that don't necessarily scale. Would that be true? Yeah, I think I think you're right. And sometimes it's hard to pinpoint those things, but um, I'm a great believer in trying lots of different things. We call it rotation marketing. So we'll move from one medium to the next and um, just test and see what channels work. Um, and it's also just about getting your brand out there, building the awareness, build, building the trust and credibility in the marketplace. Um, I don't think there are many businesses out there that have succeeded just on Google or just no. on Facebook alone. I think that's pretty lazy business. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. The rotation marketing, Mike, does that... How does that look like in the business? Do you guys well, – how many people are in the business right now in Spacer? Yeah, we've got about 10 okay. team members in total. So I've got a business partner and then about eight staff. Local? Yep. Um, both local and, and offshore. We, we tap into the, the best and brightest, you know, wherever they're located. And I guess that's the beauty of online today. Uh, you don't have to have all your staff sitting right next to you. Um, yeah. Of course, some of them are, but some of them are, you know, in other places of the world, whether they're in Tel Aviv or Silicon Valley or Manila. Okay. Love yeah. it. Let's hold yeah. that thought. I want to come to that. But my, my thinking around, so rotation marketing, because I love that concept. Do you guys say, okay, this month we're going to try letterbox drops. We're going to identify some more markets. We are going to do some SEO and we're going to create a YouTube channel. <clears throat> and then you go and do all that. And then what do you do? You come back and report back and go, how did all that go? Work or not? Absolutely. That's hmm. how we do it. I mean, we plan it out like a, like a calendar, an annual calendar. You plan out, you know, you plot out what you want to do each month and you're flexible as to how that changes based on the results, like you said. Um, yep. So it's exactly like that. Yep. Love it. What, what has had, what's given you the biggest bang for your marketing buck? <sighs> Look, it's hard to beat PR. You, you certainly can't plan it as such, um, but you know, when we launched, we were fortunate enough to be on Channel 7 News. Um, that was fantastic just to build that initial, you know, awareness and, and sort of credibility piece. Um, you know, so content marketing is very important. It's a bit of a buzzword, but, you know, being on podcasts like, mm-hmm. like yours, Tim, is, is very important for us. Um, getting well, I, would out argue, to, I would argue this yes. is PR um, and content marketing, I would argue, is where I, I have a phrase I call helpful content because there's no shortage of there's no shortage of content out there, right? So my kind a twist on that is whatever content you create, make it helpful so that people can make a more informed purchase decision. What what content is Spacer creating? Yeah, so things around, you know, how to um, declutter your home, which is a big one, you know, messy stress, you know. Um, So, you know, we're in the storage game. How do we make it sort of relevant to the consumer? Um, And then it's sort of, you know, what's being searched for out there in the market. That's really interesting because, you know, people look at creating content and they'll go, oh, I'm in the self-storage industry or I'm an accountant. What could I create? But, you know, clearly, I mean, you've proven by simply the content that you're creating that that's not the case. You can create interesting content no matter what you do. That's right. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other one for us is it's kind of a good news story. You know, how can you make some extra money, some extra income to supplement your income? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's always a good one as well. Yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. you, you say tap into the best and brightest. I like that. So you've got 10, 10 staff all up. And they're, they're yeah, that's right. okay. So uh, you said Manila, Tel Aviv. You got someone in the valley. How, how does that? How do you find them? Yeah, I mean, you know, partly through the network. Um, you know, recommendations are really important when trying to find um, specialists in certain areas, particularly in the tech space. There's a a lot of people who uh, 
or, or agencies that sort of say they can do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, especially when you're a startup, you don't have a lot of time and, and, and money to waste. So you really want to hit the ground running. So recommendations are key from your network. Um, and then there are platforms, you know, much like, you know, space for, for getting storage. There are platforms like Upwork um, uh, and and others out there, TopTal, um, for finding great talent um, in certain verticals, whether they're developers, designers, um, you know, marketing, mm-hmm. uh, wizards, content um, writers, things like that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I have an interest in a business in the Philippines called Cornerstone Business Solutions, Mike. And I, you know, some people, it kind of gets their back up. Oh, it's un-Australian, you know, you're going offshore. But, gee, you know, we live in – you've been living in a flat world economy since 2004 with Deals Direct. Um, <laughs> the world's changed, right? Yeah, absolutely. We live in a global village and yeah. I think, you know, if you're not doing it, uh, your competitors certainly are, so you'll, you'll get left behind. Um, mm. And consumers are demanding it, you know. How can you offer seven-day-a-week, a 12-hour-a-day or 24-hour-a-day in some cases um, service, um, you know, in an environment like Sydney or Melbourne? I you just, couldn't. You know, people don't, people don't want to work at 2 people in the morning. People don't want to work. If they do, yeah. you know, it's going to yeah. cost you a bomb, you know. It's... Uh, it just becomes expensive. So, so I love that. You, you have come from Deals Direct, lots of success. You've gone to the Valley and now you're running this little startup called Spacer. Um, how do you – do you love it? Are you excited by being back at the coalface? I'm, I'm really excited. I'm more sort of uh, engaged and invigorated than ever. It feels a lot to me like when we started Deals Direct. And nice. um, I actually – it's kind of like um, a new love, you know. The, mm-hmm. the early stages are often the most exciting, you know. Like <laughs> You're such a romantic gr- nerd. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm a real nerd. Um, so, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, I, I love sort of problem solving with the team, uh, um, you know. Did you get – were you getting bored at Deals Direct by the end? No, not at all. I mean, the business evolved a lot over the years mm-hmm. and I had to evolve myself and learn. And um, But I guess one of the things, you know, being self-aware is, you know, so you sort of learn what you're good at and what you're not so good at. And for me, I think starting businesses and building them is, is really my forte. And perhaps once I get to a certain stage, that's that's the time to bring in, um, you know, people with different skill sets to take them to that next next stage of, you know, um, you know, corporatizing or yeah. what, what it may be. So, um, yeah, I'm a startup guy for sure. So year two of Spacer, what are you good at right now? What are you bringing to the party? Look, what we really focus on is building a great customer experience. So, no, that's, what about you, Mike oh, Rosenbaum? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, look, I'm a tech nerd, so a lot of it is building a great product. You know, the buzzword is user experience. So, really, you know, making that whole experience on the website and through to tran- end of transaction really seamless. Um, and the other side that I really focus on is the marketing. So, my t- my two passions, I guess, are tech and marketing, and. So I think this business is kind of made for me um, yeah, right. because that's that's really what it's about. Tell us about customer u- user experience because I get excited by this. I, I love it when, um, you know, a business, whether they be online or offline, um, delivers an experience where you go, that was, that was fun or that little bit was cool or, you know, you want to tell others to go, and oh, check this out, you know. How, how, how do you go about creating an amazing experience? Yeah, look, I'm certainly not the guru, but, um, you know, I'm learning every day and, and what, what I'm sort of learning is that it's just about making the customer journey so easy and seamless. And, you know, if you look at 
the best apps in the world like Uber. You press a button and a car arrives. It's that simple. So how do we sort of mere mortals create an app, you know, without you know, billions of dollars of shareholders' funds, you know, and, how do but, we exactly. recreate that? You know? That's right. You know, you look at Apple <laughs> and, you know, you you grab a file and you drag it into the trash and it's emptied, right? It's gone. I mean, yes. I'm sure behind the scenes, that was quite a complicated thing to do, you know, for, for someone who's not a, who, who is not nerdy, who doesn't understand that. So I'm always fascinated. How, how do we as business owners simplify things for our customers so that there is minimum friction and they can quickly hand over their hard earned? Yeah, and I think the other thing is really talking to your customers and, and mm. learning from them. There's nothing to beat that face-to-face or over the phone, and we do a lot of that and speak to them and ask them about their experience. Um, you know, what could we improve? Um, what did you like about it? What was um, perhaps a bit confusing? So all the time, we just keep iterating our website, testing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's like a forever game, really, um, and you just keep fine-tuning it, which is which is cool. I mean, as a nerd, that's, that's what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, you love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, customer experience porn, I think they call it. Um, <laughs> tell me that one, but I might use that. <laughs> yeah, yours, it's yours. Um, <laughs> tell me you've got um, – it is early days for Spacer. You have got a, a, a solid platform now online. Um, you've got, I think, is it 2,000 um, listed – car parks and offices and storage spaces in mainly Victoria and New South Wales. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. What's the tipping point? I know, I mean, if you knew it, you'd be there. But, like, when's that going to tip into, like, as you, I think you called it moving the boulder? When does that boulder start to really roll? What do you got to do? Yeah, look, we're certainly seeing um, very strong early traction. And I'll, I'll call it early traction because, yeah. you know, it's, it, we certainly haven't made it yet. But, um you know, I feel like we're on the right track and every day the business is growing um, very nicely and we're getting great, you know, customer feedback, which we're, you know, um, implementing into the site. Um, but, you know, I think with startups, there's no overnight successes. You know, um, Airbnb have been around for eight years. Most Aussies wouldn't remember that. You yeah. know, they think they've been around a couple of years because that's when they started hearing about them. Um, you know, the first year of Airbnb, they only did 80 bookings. Well, we did a lot more than 80 bookings in our first year. So, does that mean we're on the right track? Well, we, we think so. Um you know, uh, so I think these things take time. Certainly a two-sided marketplace is not easy to get off the ground because as we discussed before, you've got to get the supply first, chicken and egg, mm-hmm. and then you've got to fill it with demand and you've got to keep matching and and sort of calibrating both sides of the market. Um, so look, this is a this is a long-term play mm. and, um, um, you know, we're in it for the long term, um, but uh, certainly enjoying it and, and seeing some really, really strong growth. Mate, I reckon it's exciting. I really uh, love seeing these businesses evolve and I'm glad I've spoken to you at a, at a relatively early stage and um, I'm going to get you back in a couple of years' time when there's, you know, it is the Airbnb of um, of the world. of The the Airbnb of what? Of office space? It's, how would you define it? It's kind of... Yeah, look, space. our customers often 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 liken us to the Airbnb for storage and parking. Okay. I guess we really focus on on garages for storage and and, and sort of driveways and, and car spaces for parking. Yep. Now, uh, Mike, I love to finish uh, with five quickies for my guest. Completely unrelated questions to anything we've spoken about. The first one is, what are you curious about? What am I curious about? Yeah, I, I was going to say the sharing economy. I'm a real nerd, you know. <laughs> you I'm pretty obsessive. <laughs> yeah, you can you can delve into your personal life here if you want to. <laughs> 
How do I? Yeah, no, that's that's the main one actually. Yeah. You really are a yeah. nerd, aren't you? Do you live and I breathe am. it? Do you just like uh, it is I what do, you do? Yeah, that's right. I spend most of my time, you know, when I'm not working on Twitter and LinkedIn, reading more about what's happening in the world in the sharing economy. And mom, just you, my wife, it's just my yeah. Do you go to people's <laughs> homes for dinner parties and notice that 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 third bedroom just isn't being utilised and pull out some kind of PowerPoint presentation? Uh, you have worked me out, Tim. <laughs> Oh, mate, I love it. Okay, yeah. uh, sweet or savoury and what dish? Ooh, savoury, uh, satay chicken, my favourite. Satay chicken. It is a good yeah. dish. Very 1983, yeah. but uh, I do like it. <laughs> What's the worst advice you've ever been given? Oh, gosh, the worst advice. I don't know the worst advice, but the best advice was always wear the white. Always wear the white hat, which basically <laughs> means just always try and do the right thing, ah. um, you know, regardless of the situation. Yeah. Nice, the white hat. Yeah. yeah. Bit of an SEO yeah. term, really, isn't it? <laughs> nerd, right, nerd. Uh, what's one thing you wish you you were – I know what you're going to say now. What, what's the one thing you wish you were an expert on right now? And don't say the share economy. No, no. Um, share was one thing I wish I was an expert on. I think if – you always want to be able to understand consumers better. So maybe if I had like a crystal ball or some sort of ESP, uh, mm. you know, skills, I don't know, something like that. But, but you're, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what business owner doesn't want to do that? And I think you're right, and we've spoken about this on the show before, where nothing beats talking to them, does it? I mean... Yeah, that's true. That's right. That's <clears> a, it's a good second. Yeah. <laughs> Surely the, the minute the owner of a business, no matter what the size, stops interacting with his or her customers has to be the start of a downfall. Yeah, that's right. Sounds drastic, yep. but we yes. can learn no. a lot by a simple... In fact, I came across a book the other day. Um, is it called The One Question? I think the one question you can ask is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to refer us to others or mm. something? Mm. Have, you, have you heard mm. about that? Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like net promoter score, right? Net, net promoter um, score. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. A and lot of net, businesses. Uh, that's that's their key KPI for their whole team. Yeah. And then once yep. you get that question, it, you, it then kind of opens up to some secondary questions about you know, well, what could we do better, all that kind of stuff. Uh, question five: When were your parents most disappointed with you? Ooh, when I dropped out of university uh, after it. year one. Yeah, they, they were very worried. They thought I'd never leave home and uh, they'd be stuck with me forever. Mate, that's, so, uh, I love that. I mean, how <laughs> often do we hear that? It sounds cliche, doesn't it? But so then at what point did you ring mum and dad and go, hey, um, that deal's direct thing, it's going okay? Uh, it took them a while to realise it was a thing, um, but uh, I guess when I stopped asking for my pocket money, that was that oh, probably... I love it. Yeah. Long live the nerd. Hey, Mike, yeah. uh, thank you, buddy, and, and I wish you all the best with Spacer. Thanks very much, Tim, for having me on the program. It was great to chat with you. There you go. You are now officially up to speed on all things share economy. Thanks to Mike Rosenbaum of spacer.com.au. You can also hit him up on Twitter at Mike underscore Rosenbaum. Tell him you heard him on the show. Coming up, I share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Mike. But first, here's a word from a business that wants to help you be more visible, more valued and connected in your industry. 
Support for this show comes from Key Person of Influence, the world's leading business accelerator program for those wanting to be an industry thought leader. Their five-step KPI method teaches you how to nail your pitch, publish content, productize your offer, raise your profile, and partner with performers. I asked co-founder Glenn Carlson, what's with the pee fetish? <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a fetish, isn't it? But I guess we're just a bit obsessed, you know, fetishes, obsessions. We're, we're, we're just business geeks, mate. We believe there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur and we're all in. We are just all in. And if we find best practices and ideas as a result of what's working for our clients all around the world, we just want to bring it to people. And so far, the best framework that we've found to be able to do that, to really accelerate that entrepreneurial journey in the shortest time is the five Ps. So, mate, get in on the fetish. KPI, where fetishes rule. For a free hard or audio copy of their Amazon bestseller, visit keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. Oh, and a little warning. Don't read it before bed. You just won't sleep. Now, my top three attention grabbers, thanks to Key Person of Influence and Workplace Assured. Attention grabber number one. In the early days of your business, do things that don't scale. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. I love how Mike got out and did some local area marketing with those those letterbox drops. In fact, I would actually argue that no matter what the age of your business, every now and then, it's absolutely okay to do things that don't scale. Attention grabber number two. Rotation marketing. I like this concept. I think too many business owners get stuck doing the same old marketing and wonder why it's not working. I hope as a listener of this show, you're identifying ideas that resonate and you're rotating them into your marketing schedule. Try new stuff. Have fun with it. Experiment. Pivot if something doesn't work. Don't delete it immediately. Rotation marketing. Attention grabber number three create value. In fact, I would argue create extreme value. So ask yourself the question, how can you enhance your offer to customers so that they simply can't say no? I try to do this with the Small Business Big Marketing Club, where for one very low monthly price, fee, investment of $67, you get me answering your marketing questions every day. You get access to training videos, webinars, and interviews I don't post on iTunes. I'm trying to create extreme value so that it's hard for you to say no. I know some of you are still saying no, but you'll come around. You'll join the club. There's plenty of us in there. Hey, uh, what grabbed your attention? I would love to know. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 347 and leave a comment. Well, that almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, but plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead. Got some great interviews lined up. You have reason to be excited. Hey, a couple of years ago, in fact, three, I chatted with Jess and Erica, founders of the now famous and hugely successful Frank Body Scrub brand. Here they are talking about where the idea for a body scrub made from coffee came from. Well, one of our business partners, Steve, owns a cafe in Tehran, and he had a couple of women that kept coming in and asking him for the old coffee grind. And he's quite inquisitive and has quite the entrepreneurial mind. And started talking to them about it after realizing that they weren't using it for what he thought they were, which was fertilizer. 
and it turns out there was actually a really great body exfoliant. Wow. Um, Around about the same time, we actually all went away on a holiday to Bali where they use coffee scrub treatments quite a lot. Um, we realized that we kind of had the skill sets essentially to try and form a business based around this, and there was nobody really doing anything like this. Um, yeah, and that's where like the basic idea came from. Such a great business, Frank Body Scrub. You can listen to my full interview with Jess and Erica over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or go over and subscribe free on iTunes or your favourite podcast catcher. I'd love you to do that. I'd also love to hear from you. Email me, tim at timreid, reid.com.au or hit me up on Twitter at timboreid. Big, big thank you to Workplace Assured for their support. Remember, no matter what curly question you have around running that beautiful business of yours, the team at Workplace Assured can shed some light on it, saving you a whole lot of unnecessary expense and worry along the way. You can try them out for free today on 1300 496 955 and be sure to grab a hard copy of the Key Person of Influence book over at keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. Only if you want to become more visible, valued and connected in your industry. It's an absolutely fantastic read. A bit like myself. If you'd love uh, if you love the show, please let others know. Other small business owners know who could do with a bit of marketing love. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reed. Always have been, always will be. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.